Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. On skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. beautiful people. This is the Create Your Life series with Kevin Y. Brown, and this is episode number two. I want to welcome you back. And today we are going to talk to you about getting to your why, meaning what is your purpose? What is the reason? What are the things that get you out of the bed? The things that make you want to to excel in life, that make you want to be great. And to help us find our why, we're going to actually refer to the number three most viewed TED Talk entitled Start With Why. And it's actually by Simon Sinek. And I actually encourage you to watch this YouTube talk. It's actually 18 minutes in length. But in addition to that, Simon Sinek is actually described as a visionary thinker with a rare intellect. And Sinek teaches leaders and organizations how to inspire people with the bold goal to help build a world in which the vast majority of people go home every day feeling fulfilled by their work. Sinek is leading a movement to inspire people to do the things that inspire them. Here's Simon Sinek. How do you explain when things don't go as we assume? Or better, how do you explain when others are able to achieve things that seem to defy all of the assumptions? For example, why is Apple so innovative? Year after year after year after year, they're more innovative than all their competition. And yet, they're just a computer company. They're just like everyone else. They have the same access to the same talent, the same agencies, the same consultants, the same media then why is it that they seem to have something different? Why is it that Martin Luther King led the civil rights movement? He wasn't the only man who suffered in a pre-civil rights America, and he certainly wasn't the only great orator of the day. Why him? And why is it that the Wright brothers were able to figure out controlled, powered man flight when there were certainly other teams who were better qualified, better funded, and they didn't achieve powered man flight and the Wright brothers beat them to it. There's something else at play here. About three and a half years ago, I made a discovery. And this discovery profoundly changed my view on how I thought the world worked and it even profoundly changed the way in which I operate in it. As it turns out, there's a pattern. As it turns out, all the great and inspiring leaders and organizations in the world, whether it's Apple or Martin Luther King or the Wright brothers, they all think, act, and communicate the exact same way, and it's the complete opposite to everyone else. All I did was codify it. And it's probably the world's simplest idea. I call it the golden circle. 
why, how, what. This little idea explains why some organizations and some leaders are able to inspire where others aren't. Let me define the terms really quickly. Every single person, every single organization on the planet knows what they do, 100%. Some know how they do it, whether you call it your differentiating value proposition or your proprietary process or your USP. But very, very few people or organizations know why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to make a profit. That's a result. It's always a result. By why, I mean what's your purpose? What's your cause? What's your belief? Why does your organization exist? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And why should anyone care? Well, as a result, the way we think, the way we act, the way we communicate is from the outside in. It's obvious. We go from the clearest thing to the fuzziest thing. But the inspired leaders and the inspired organizations, regardless of their size, regardless of their industry, all think, act, and communicate from the inside out. Let me give you an example. I use Apple because they're easy to understand and everybody gets it. If Apple were like everyone else, a marketing message from them might sound like this. We make great computers. They're beautifully designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Want to buy one? Meh. And that's how most of us communicate. That's how most marketing is done. That's how most sales are done. And that's how most of us communicate interpersonally. We say what we do. We say how we're different or how we're better. And we expect some sort of behavior, a purchase, a vote, something like that. Here's our new law firm. Uh, we have the best lawyers with the biggest clients. We, have, you know, we always perform for our clients, do business with us. Here's our new car. It gets great gas mileage. It has you know, leather seats. Buy our car. But it's uninspiring. Here's how Apple actually communicates. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. The way we challenge the status quo is by making our products beautifully designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. We just happen to make great computers. Want to buy one? Totally different, right? You're ready to buy a computer from me. All I did was reverse the order of the information. What it proves to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. This explains why every single person in this room is perfectly comfortable buying a computer from Apple. But we're also perfectly comfortable buying an MP3 player from Apple, or a phone from Apple, or a DVR from Apple. But as I said before, Apple's just a computer company. There's nothing that distinguishes them structurally from any of their competitors. Their competitors are all equally qualified to make all of these products. In fact, they tried. A few years ago, Gateway came out with flat-screen TVs. They're eminently qualified to make flat-screen TVs. They've been making flat-screen monitors for years. Nobody bought one. And Dell. Dell came out with MP3 players and PDAs. And they make great quality products, and they can make perfectly well-designed products, and nobody bought one. In fact, talking about it now, we can't even imagine buying an MP3 player from Dell. Why would you buy an MP3 player from a computer company? But we do it every day. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. The goal is not to do business with, anybody, with everybody who needs what you have. The goal is to do business with people who believe what you believe. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was Simon Sinek. And we talked a little bit about getting to your why, but I want to explain the golden circle to you more in depth. And with the golden circle, it basically has three different parts. You have the why, the how, and the what. The why is your purpose. What is your cause? What do you believe? Then the how is your process, 
right? So the specific actions that you take to realize the why, and then your what is actually the result. What do you do, the result of why, you know, your proof. So taking that and actually just putting it in some real life terms for myself, just talking about personally. In January, I went to the doctor, and when I went to the doctor, he told me my what. He said, you know, I got my blood work done, things like that. And he said, hey, you have high triglycerides, which basically means high bad cholesterol. And I'm kind of like, well, how does that happen, man? I, I work out five to six times a week. How could I possibly have that? And he said, well, the how is, is you know, your diet. Your diet is bad. And so then I said, well, wow, I need to reverse this, right? Because my, my why, I had to think about why I would even be willing to put in the work to change the situation. And the reason was because I want to be healthy and be around to create the life that I want and be an example for others, to serve the community, to serve people. So that was my why. And so my why helped me understand and take action for my how. So therefore, I changed my diet. I'm now taking care of my bad cholesterol, which is my what, by... Of course, changing my diet, which is my how, but now motivating myself through my why. So I get up and I've changed my diet and things like that because I want to be around for a long time. Well, if we're speaking in terms of professionally, you know, like, why do we do this show? Like, why do I have a team and things like that here with me? Then my why is, is that I undoubtedly believe that anyone can create their own destiny because I've created mine and therefore I know that it's possible. But how? How can somebody do that? And for me, it's through action, through focus and through growth. But what, Kevin, how do, you, how do I help people do that? And that's through my presentations, uh, the free content that you get on this radio station, as well as the YouTube and the debt-free college products that you get for free and other products that we sell. That's the, the process of us, why we do this. And so if you had to identify three things in your life or the why for your life, then this would actually help you make some changes and help you motivate to do things differently than you have been doing thus far, or actually just to make improvements on what you're doing. So these were just some examples that you can relate to in your everyday life, whether you're in business or not. And so remember that he also said that you want to do business with people who believe what you believe. Well, what do you think about being around people who believe what you believe? We've all, all heard those terms that iron sharpens iron, or birds of a feather flock together. So when you're around those like-minded people and who will help you improve and, and make you sharp, it's important to understand that no one succeeds alone and that we all help each other become our best. But it's important to be around those people. Because if you really think about it, most people who hang around others, they're really hanging around people who are doing what they do. Like if you're thinking about these professional athletes or singers or entertainers or even motivational speakers like myself, a lot of my peers actually are in the same profession or they're high achieving. Why? Because I want to be around those who who believe that they are limitless, who believe that they can that they're in control of their destiny. So those are the type of people that you want to be around. And I think that's something very important and uh, that Simon Sinek was actually getting at. And so if you're on a mission to become something or to reach a goal, then you should definitely be around people who have similar beliefs and who have similar whys. And when you get with that team of people that you are supposed to be with, life gets good and it only gets better. And of course, today we're talking about getting to your why, getting to your purpose. What is it that wakes you up out of the bed every day? What is it that wakes me up at six o'clock every morning to work out at 630? It's my health. It's uh, my purpose, my why. And so to help us drive home those points and make things more clear for you, we have the opportunity to have a recording of the TED Talk by Simon Sinek, which, again, is the number three most viewed TED Talk ever. So here we are. Here's the best part. None of what I'm telling you is my opinion. It's all grounded in the tenets of biology, not psychology, biology. 
If you look at a cross-section of the human brain looking from the top down, what you see is the human brain is actually broken into three major components that correlate perfectly with the golden circle. Our newest brain, our homo sapien brain, our neocortex, corresponds with the what level. The neocortex is responsible for all of our rational and analytical thought and language. The middle two sections make up our limbic brains, and our limbic brains are responsible for all of our feelings, like trust and loyalty. It's also responsible for all human behavior, all decision-making, and it has no capacity for language. In other words, when we communicate from the outside in, yes, people can understand vast amounts of complicated information like features and benefits and facts and figures. It just doesn't drive behavior. When we communicate from the inside out, we're talking directly to the part of the brain that controls behavior, and then we allow people to rationalize it with the tangible things we say and do. This is where gut decisions come from. You know, sometimes you can give somebody all the facts and your figures, and they say, I know what all the facts and details say, but it just doesn't feel right. Why would we use that verb? It doesn't feel right. Because the part of the brain that controls decision-making doesn't control language. And the best we can muster up is, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. Or sometimes you say you're leading with your heart or you're leading with your soul. Well, I hate to break it to you, those aren't other body parts controlling your behavior. It's all happening here in your limbic brain, the part of the brain that controls decision-making and not language. But if you don't know why you do what you do, and people respond to why you do what you do, then how will anybody... How will you ever get people to, 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 to vote for you or buy something from you or, more importantly, be loyal and want to be a part of what it is what you, that you do? Again, the goal is not just to sell people who need what you have. The goal is to sell to people who believe what you believe. The goal is not just to hire people who need a job. It's to hire people who believe what you believe. I always say that, you know, there's, uh, if you... If you, if you um, Hire people just because they can do a job, they'll work for your money. But if you hire people who believe what you believe, they work for you with blood and sweat and tears. And nowhere, nowhere else is there a better example of this than with the Wright brothers. Most people don't know about Samuel Pierpont Langley. And back in the early 20th century, the pursuit of powered man flight was like the dot-com of the day. Everybody was trying it. And Samuel Pierpont Langley had what we assume to be the recipe for success. I mean, even now, you ask people, why did your product or why did your company fail? And people always give you the same permutation of the same three things. Undercapitalized, the wrong people, bad market conditions. It's always the same three things. So let's explore that. Samuel Pierpont Langley was given $50,000 by the War Department to figure out this flying machine. Money was no problem. He held a seat at Harvard and worked at the Smithsonian and was extremely well-connected. He knew all the big minds of the day. He hired the best minds money could find, and the market conditions were fantastic. The New York Times followed him around everywhere, and everyone was rooting for Langley. And how come we've never heard of Samuel Pierpont Langley? A few hundred miles away in Dayton, Ohio, Orville and Wilbur Wright, they had none of what we consider to be the recipe for success. They had no money. They paid for their dream with the proceeds from their bicycle shop. Not a single person on the Wright brothers' team had a college education, not even Orville or Wilbur. And the New York Times followed them around nowhere. The difference was Orville and Wilbur were driven by a cause, by a purpose, by a belief. They believed that if they could figure out this flying machine, it'll change the course of the world. Samuel Pierpont Langley was different. 
He wanted to be rich and he wanted to be famous. He was in pursuit of the result. He was in pursuit of the riches. And lo and behold, look what happened. The people who believed in the Wright brothers' dream worked with them with, for, with blood and sweat and tears. The others just worked for the paycheck. And they tell stories of how every time the Wright brothers went out, they would have to take five sets of parts because that's how many times they would crash before they came in for supper. And eventually, on December 17th, 1903, the Wright brothers took flight. And no one was there to even experience it. We found out about it a few days later. And further proof that Langley was motivated by the wrong thing, the day the Wright brothers took flight, he quit. He could have said, that's an amazing discovery, guys, and I will improve upon your technology. But he didn't. He wasn't first. He didn't get rich. He didn't get famous. So he quit. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And if you talk about what you believe, you will attract those who believe what you believe. Here's the best. So again, if you talk about what you believe, then you are going to attract people that believe in you and believe in what it is that you're about. So as Simon Sinek actually said, like, look at the difference between the two teams, Wright Brothers versus Langley. You have one who had $50,000 worth of funding, the other who had money that was left over from after covering all of their expenses at their bicycle shop. You had one team who had the press following them around, and you had another team who did not. You had one team who was college educated, and you had another team who had no college educated people on there. One person and one team that desired to be rich and famous and the other who was in pursuit of a dream and a belief. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no recipe for success. America's it's not perfect by far, but it's a country where you can actually climb socially and economically. And it's amazing that these guys were able to take flight uh, before Langley being that they didn't have the resources. And so that just further drives home the point that excuses are tools of incompetence which often build monuments to nothingness, and those who specialize in them are seldom capable of anything else. So a lot of times people want to be seen but don't want to work to do the work or don't have a genuine passion for success or a genuine passion to be great in what it is that they do. Even think about it. You know, we talk about the NBA today. You know, I'm from the Bay Area, California. So the Golden State Warriors is our home team. I've always been a Laker fan, though, but I've definitely always been a Warrior fan, too, by default. But Steph Curry doesn't go to the gym 10 minutes before the game and expect to make 12 three-pointers in one game. No, he's putting in work in the gym when no one else is looking, when everyone else is not working. It took him six years to become an NBA MVP, and he got better every single year. We're talking about real results and real change. No excuses. So I'm asking you, like, what are you in pursuit of? It doesn't matter really how things look now, you know, or what, or actually what you're in pursuit of. It's the, the passion, the why. You know, even if I talk to you about my journey, my journey to getting here. In 2008, I moved to New York from Atlanta, Georgia. I went to college in Atlanta, Clark Atlanta University. Our motto is find a way or make one. I take that to heart. But I came to New York and I only knew a couple people. And I came right after burying my foster mother, my godmom, she paid for my apartment for two months. I got to New York. I was here. I literally used to get up every single day at 7 a.m. looking for a job, looking for a job, dressed in a suit, retail. It didn't matter. I was up from 7 a.m. and I was beating the street from 9 to 5. I couldn't find a job. Two months later, I ended up homeless. I was sleeping on the two train, going all the way up to the top of the Bronx, all the way down to Brooklyn by Brooklyn College. And I slept outside and I, I couch surfed. I more so like floor surfed. 
And, you know, my older sister, she was calling me. Oh, Kevin, we want you to go. Call me crying. Kevin, we want you to come home. Why are you out there living like that? You could do so much better. You could stay with me, this, that, and the other. And this is what she's saying to me. And I'm saying, no, this is just a part of the journey. I know what I'm here for. I'm in pursuit of something. I want to be able to be a living testament that people can create their lives. This is not a game. I'm built for this. I went through 17, over 17 years in foster care. If you're telling me that all I got to do is sleep outside, that's light. But I understood my why, and that's what drove me to be able to still be here. And then after that, the first job that I found was actually being a janitor. So I went from graduating the top 10% of my business class at Clark Atlanta, my business class and my fashion design class, to being a janitor sweeping floors, cleaning up throw up, and things like that. That was the only job that I could find. So I, I went to that being disrespected by teachers, all types of things. I went from being in the top 10% of my class to that particular occupation. And that's actually a well-paying occupation. But I did that. And then I ultimately ended up coming, working my way out of that position. And now you see me and, you know, I worked for a clothing company. The opportunity with MTV didn't work out completely. And I worked at the clothing company. Then I started my own company, Legacy Thinking Labs. And I've been able to travel the world and see things and experience things and, and build relationships with people abroad and things like that. But without my why, without my passion, without my purpose, none of this would have been possible. South Africa, like when I was there, that was one of the best experiences that I've had in, in my life, actually. I went from uh, Johannesburg to Durban and then on to Cape Town with my friend, uh, Kelly and I had the opportunity to climb Table Mountain, which was like amazing. It was like a two hour hike. And then even with that, climbing Table Mountain, you know, it was definitely the opportunity. Once I saw that mountain and I knew that it was two and a half hours, I began with the end in mind. You know, I understood like I'm finished. In my mind, I was finished with that already. So that's how you should look at some of your tasks. And so, again, today we're talking about that why, getting to your purpose and, and making things uh, happen. And so today, we have another piece, and I actually think that you're really going to enjoy this one because it's going to hit home for a lot of our listeners. And this one is uh, by a comedian named Michael Jr. He actually tours the country performing and can also be seen on TV regularly. Michael recently appeared in Sony Pictures' The War Room. He performs at prestigious comedy clubs across the nation, including the Improv, the Laugh Factory, touring at colleges such as Notre Dame, the University of Massachusetts, and many others. And so here's his experience with his audience members when he asked them about their why. The series is called, How Do I Know? And a lot of times when people hear the phrase, how do I know, the next thing they say is what? How do I know what? But the key really isn't to know what, the key is to know why. Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that has moved me towards my why is a, a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. So 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular I'm about to show you a clip to. We were in, uh, we in Winston-Salem. So Break Time, this is how it works. I travel the country, I do stand-up comedy, probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. 
or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy, and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music, you know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of like uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Uh, now, once you give me the version, is if... Uh, your uncle just got out of jail. You got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you, you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound First time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what has more impact because you're walking in or towards your purpose. When you know your why, your what has more impact. I mean, you actually literally have to see the video of this brother. Like this guy, and he sung with so much passion as you just heard. But when you see the video, I mean, people got up and really just went over to actually hug this man. But that's because his why exuded from him. And that's that's where we want to be at is we want to talk about our why so that we can attract people who are like minded and just like us. I mean, if you really even think about it, Martin Luther King had two hundred and fifty thousand people at the march on Washington. And guess what? He couldn't get them all there by himself. There was no Twitter, no Instagram, no cell phones, no anything. So how did that happen? Others had to have similar beliefs and believe in his why, in his purpose. And it's the same thing for the Wright brothers. He had a team that believed in changing the world. And as a result, they reached their goal. The same thing with anyone else, like your favorite teacher or anything like that. Like they're all there because they had some they had people around them, their network and their friends who all believed in what it is that they do. But before we leave. There's something that I have to do and that uh, is something very special. That, that happened. Uh, last week, I lost one of my friends, one of my childhood friends, uh, Dwayne, and um, he, he was found dead in California. And Dwayne was, he was a dedicated father. He was a, a part-time comedian. 
and he was a very hardworking man. Uh, he was an all-around good guy, and he was actually one of my first teammates in basketball. When I decided that I was going to uh, even start playing sports again after the fifth grade, um, I met Dwayne, and uh, we were 12 years old, and his dad and him like just took me under their wing, even though he was a lot smaller than me and younger. You know, Dwayne was still like a, a little big brother. He was wise and just a good guy, man. And I mean, when we played basketball, we played on the same team in high school. Dwayne, man, he was just, he was a killer. You know, he was a really, really good player. I mean, this dude was better than me, but, you know, I was more athletically talented. But I mean, like this dude was winning MVPs and everything. Dwayne, I just want you to know, brother, that I love you and I always will. And ladies and gentlemen, this song right here is one of my, one of my great friends, uh, Dwayne hit one of his favorite songs, Outcast, Players Ball. It's beginning to look a lot like wood. Follow my every step. Take notes on how I crept. I was about to go in depth. This is the way I creep my season. Here's my get to rep. I kept to say the least. No, no, it can't cease. So I begin to piece my two and two together. Got no snowy weather. Have to find something to do better. Bet I set some traps. So shut up that. Nonsense about some solid, solid. I got the crock if it ain't real, ain't right. I'm like, no matter what the season. Forever chill with you. I set my. I chill, I chill, and got my reason. So tell me, what did you expect? You thought I'd break my neck to help y'all deck? The, the, oh no, I got other means of celebrating. I'm getting blizzard at Hojo, I got the hoochie waiting. I made it through another year, can't ask for nothing much more. It's outcast for the books, I thought you knew, so now you know. Let's go. Back my elbows out the window. 
fills my body, where's the party? We roll deep, we dip to underground, seas a lot of lies around. I spit my game while waiting countdown. I fight for what three, two, here comes the one. A new year has begun, be funk, spark another one. one. song right there was the player's ball by outcast and that was a special dedication to my boy my brother uh Dwayne man i love you